From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. In the US, right-wing groups are holding armed rallies against the FBI, and one field office of the Bureau was attacked by a gunman. After former President Donald Trump's home was raided by the FBI, his comments appear to have unleashed a wave of anger from the far right. Trump himself has now called for calm, but he maintains the FBI's raid is part of a witch hunt and that he's done nothing wrong. Today, world editor at the Saturday paper, Jonathan Pellman, on what the FBI were looking for when they raided Donald Trump's home. It's Wednesday, August 17. Jonathan, about a week ago, the FBI raided the home of the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, and a lot of his supporters in the media and in the Republican Party have not taken that well. So what sorts of things have people in the US been hearing about this? Yes, that's right, Ruby. It's caused a firestorm in the US as anything involving Trump or any alleged wrongdoing by him seems to cause. Massive fallout today after the FBI's raid at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach yesterday. Former President Trump and his allies already out calling this move a political assault and abuse of power, in fact, by the Biden administration. And this latest search has led to some startling but probably predictable responses, really, from some of the more partisan and sycophantic elements of both the Republican Party and and elements of the media in America. Insane, Buck. Jesse, it almost feels like a preemptive coup. Led initially by Trump, really, who said that this investigation by the FBI resembled something that would happen in a third world country. This stuff happens in Venezuela. It happens in Cuba, Colombia. It happens in dictatorships like Russia and, and China. There were calls to defund or even to dismantle the FBI. I don't understand how a document can be this critical. Like, short of the nuclear codes being written on these documents in a locked behind closed doors, I just really don't understand how a document could warrant this kind of warrant. The attorney general has to use discretion, right? When you come at the king, you best not miss. So there's been a a sort of hysteria around this um, that's continued to grow and, and really is concerning. Mm. And the way that we learned this rage was happening was actually through Donald Trump himself. He released this kind of extraordinary statement informing the world that his beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, was, um, and I quote, currently under siege, raided and, and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. So what were the FBI looking for at Mar-a-Lago? Yes, the, the FBI's search warrant has now been released. It's quite detailed uh, and includes details like the size of Mar-a-Lago, that it's got 58 bedrooms and 33 bathrooms, but it also provides information about what was recovered from Mar-a-Lago during the raid. We don't know exactly what is in the documents. There were one or two kind of intriguing details. One of the documents apparently involved the president of France, but we don't know if that's Macron, the current president. There was reference to... Roger Stone, the former Trump ally and advisor who was granted clemency by Trump. Uh, But what is exactly in 
these documents, we still don't know. Mm. Do we know how those documents ended up at, at Mar-a-Lago? Did Donald Trump or someone in his team just take them with them when they left the White House? Yeah, this follows this long-running, simmering saga that's really been happening in the background until now because we knew when Trump left the White House in January last year that he took with him 15 boxes of documents. Since Watergate, US presidents no longer own the records from their office. Those records become public documents. So because there were concerns about Richard Nixon taking documents with him that could be used in investigations into the Watergate scandal, laws were introduced to stop presidents taking records with them. Now, what we knew was that Trump had taken these 15 boxes with him and there was a lot of to and fro between Trump and his lawyers and the National Archives, but eventually the boxes were recovered and the National Archives were not happy with what they found because, firstly, they found that the documents contained classified material. And secondly, they were concerned that Trump had still not given over all the documents that he'd taken with him. So the National Archives contacted the Department of Justice and there were obviously sufficient concerns that they've launched this really incredible raid of Trump's home. So that's 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 how we ended up with um, dozens of FBI agents turning up at Mar-a-Lago last week. Okay, so according to the FBI, we've got classified documents in the possession of a person who is now a private citizen, someone who is also notoriously unpredictable. But what exactly is the danger here? What do authorities think could happen as a result of this? Are they worried about national security? What is it? Yes, absolutely they're worried about national security. I think that would be the top of their concern. Mar-a-Lago is, is not all that secure. It's a club for paid members, so anyone can really become a member. And there was suggestions during Trump's presidency that people did become paid members to try to get access to Trump. So it's not a secure premises in which to contain secrets of state, which is what Trump has held onto. So there are national security implications. And then there's also concerns about how officials or a former president who hold on to these documents might use them. Uh, They might use them for their own personal benefit. Someone like Trump who remains in politics and potentially a presidential candidate could use them to his own political advantage. So there's national security concerns and then there's broader concerns about the misuse of documents that really should belong to the state. We'll be back in a moment. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read POST, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 
we are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. Jonathan, over the weekend, Donald Trump released a video which looked a lot like an election campaign video. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There, is no there was the sounds of, of thunder and rain. It's all very dramatic. And, and Donald Trump talks about a nation in decline. He also seemingly references the FBI raid, saying that law enforcement had been weaponized against opposing political parties. So is he planning to run for president again? And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. We don't know for certain, but it looks very much like Trump is planning to run again in 2024. There'd been suggestions that he was going to hold off announcing his run till after the midterm elections in November. And it's possible that these raids and that the hysteria surrounding these raids could, could prompt him to bring that forward. But it's certainly looking like Trump is planning to run again. And it looks like this latest saga involving the FBI raid and the, the holding on to classified documents is potentially you know, another storm that could assist him politically and, again, add to his you know, depiction of himself as some sort of victim of the Democrats and victim of some state conspiracy. It does seem like an FBI raid might be good for Trump in that it, it as you say, enables him to make this case for being unfairly targeted and, and a victim of the system. And, and that's a narrative that we've heard from him for a long time. Do you think that it's a narrative that will continue to work? It seems to consistently work for Trump. He erodes and undermines state institutions so that when he's targeted by them, he can claim that they have no credibility. And we've just seen this throughout his political career and it's damaging and I think it's very difficult to combat it. You know, of course, Trump's political attack on Hillary Clinton was all about claims that she had used her email to convey classified material and that led to the whole sort of locker up campaign. So he he will rely on the institutions of state when they serve him, but when they don't, uh, he'll attack them. And I think it's a very effective strategy from, from that sense. It continually works for him. But in a broader sense, I think it adds to this idea of him, as you suggested, as you know, as sort of an outsider, someone disrupting the, the system and feeds into that when he is able to attack the, uh, the swamp, as he calls it. Uh, and then it can also help to fire up his base, fire up the Republican base and help him with donations and support ahead of another presidential run. Mm. And as it fires people up, it also can spread a lot of paranoia and a lot of fear because what you're hearing is be afraid, you know, be afraid of the Democrats, be afraid of the courts, be afraid of these institutions, and that can become quite a dangerous line. We all know what happened on January 6th. So is there a risk of, of real violence as a result of this? Yes, there is. And we're already seeing signs of that sort of violence. During the weekend, a memo was circulated to US law enforcement officials about a potential right-wing terror attack in response to the FBI raid. Outside the Phoenix FBI building, this is near 
7th Street and Deer Valley Road. Several protesters armed with weapons were walking around the area. You see them standing on the corner across from the FBI headquarters. We've already seen a shooting in Cincinnati, which targeted an FBI field office. Okay, just moments ago, we learned that the suspect is dead after that standoff in a cornfield. Two officials familiar with the matter tell NBC News his name was Ricky Walter Schiffer, and he was at the Capitol on January 6th. The perpetrator posted hours before the shooting that he wanted to fight a war against law enforcement in the wake of the Trump raid. And just the continued frenzied attack on the FBI and on the Department of Justice is obviously worrying because uh, that can undermine the the rule of law and the credibility of the justice system in the US. Mm. And we have seen some news outlets start to wind back their rhetoric in the last 24 hours or so, presumably because of the, the threat of violence. But Jonathan, in the middle of all of this, the investigation against Trump for having these documents at his residence that will continue on, won't it? So is there a scenario in which he is actually charged with a crime? And what would that mean for his political future? Yeah, we don't really know where this will end up and we don't know exactly what was in the documents that were seized. Certainly an investigation is ongoing. It's not yet clear whether Trump will face criminal charges, but Trump is also facing a number of other investigations including into his family's business practices, possible tax fraud, his role in the January 6 attack on the Capitol. There's also investigations into his pressure on election officials. So there are a number of investigations, a range of potential prosecutions. I'm sure this is a sort of headache for him and his lawyers, but it certainly doesn't seem to affect his political prospects at all. You know, it just seems that when these political firestorms brew up, Trump gains the headlines again. And what we've seen uh, really since Trump's you know, original Republican candidacy is that when he is in the headlines, when he's dominating the media, it seems to bring out his base, help him politically. And it's really been part of his recipe for winning elections. So it doesn't seem like there's any sort of quiet returning to American politics at the moment. Mm. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ruby. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Also in the news today, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has revealed that former Prime Minister Scott Morrison held five ministries, confirming two additional ministries Morrison was secretly sworn into, Home Affairs and Treasury. Former Coalition Home Affairs Minister Karen Andrews said yesterday that she had no idea the former Prime Minister had sworn himself into her portfolio. She said, quote, I'm going to ask him to resign and leave Parliament. Morrison released a statement saying he swore into the ministries in good faith and apologised to colleagues who had been upset. 
And New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet says that fundamental errors were made during the process to appoint John Barillaro to a trade role in New York in his response to recommendations from a long-awaited report into Barillaro's appointment. Perrottet announced changes to ensure the government was more transparent, including changes to the Ministerial Code of Conduct. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.